I'm glad you found your way to the Your Vet Wants You to Know podcast for more information about how to care for your pet. The show is designed to be educational and entertaining, but not to give a specific diagnosis or treatment for your animal. That job belongs to your veterinarian who knows your pet and wants to talk to you about what's going on with them. I'm here to be a resource only. Thanks and enjoy the show. As a curious pet owner, have you ever taken to the internet for more information? Maybe you want to know why your pet is itchy and what you can do about it. Maybe you're frustrated about the ear infections. Maybe you're looking for ways to make veterinary care more affordable. Instead of wading through a sea of information that may not be reliable and in some cases may be harmful, here is what your vet wants you to know. I'm Dr. Brittany Lancelotti, board certified veterinary dermatology specialist. Join me to get the information you're looking for to care for your pet. If you're curious about your pet, then your vet wants you to know. Welcome everyone to Your Vet Wants You to Know. I have a very exciting topic to talk about today. I am looking forward to sharing some information about guinea pigs. And I have a special guest here to share all of her expertise, Dr. Nancy Alperson, who is going to be talking about what you need to know when you want to bring a guinea pig into your home or into your classroom. So welcome, Dr. Alperson. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about yourself and why guinea pigs are so important to you. What is it about them that makes them so special? When I was in kindergarten a long, long time ago, I had a guinea pig as a classroom pet, and I thought it was pretty awesome. I got to take care of it over the winter break, and it was super fun. So it actually wasn't until vet school that I learned that they were a little bit more complicated than I had thought. Realizing Mm -hmm. that they were just a little bit more complicated, I think that maybe there's an assumption that people have about guinea pigs, and that's okay. There's no reason that you really should know it. Yeah, I think there's a lot more to these animals than just, oh, we'll just stick them in a cage and give them something to eat and drink and have the kids play with them and pet them. They really need a lot of care and special attention to what goes into their diet and what things that they need in their environment in order to give them the highest quality of life. Uh, So tell me about maybe one of your favorite guinea pig cases, something that kind of stands out to you as like a classic guinea pig case. Yeah, so this was a really, really nice owner who came in and he and his partner were really excited that they had just gotten two new guinea pigs. And they had maybe had them for a little bit, but their hair was falling out and one was worse than the other. And so I started talking to them and we went through, I think I even used the term husbandry, which is such a weird term. I like never used that term before vet school. It just means how do you take care of your guinea pig or your animal? And it came up that they didn't know that guinea pigs need vitamin C. And I just started thinking, well, why would they know that, right? Like, I don't think the average person knows that. Mm-hmm. I don't did not learn that actually until vet school. And to be honest, that was one of our board questions that we had to take on our veterinary boards to know which uh, animals need vitamin C. And it's humans and guinea pigs don't make their own vitamin C. And there's some primates that also don't make their own. But he didn't know that. And so we started talking about why it was important and about how guinea pigs could end up with scurvy, just like 
humans can. And he didn't know what scurvy was. So we talked a little bit more. And I finally said to him, like pirates, before they knew about sucking on limes. And he got all excited about it. <laughs> um, and he was like, is it going to turn? Is my guinea pig going to turn into a pirate? And I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I did thought it was a, you know, it was just a really eye-opening case for me, just how like something that's just really basic, he just didn't know. And why would he? So that was kind of the case that brought it to attention for me. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think I knew about guinea pigs and vitamin C until I went to vet school either. And that's definitely something that they drill into you because it's one of those key knowledge things for guinea pigs as far as this is a very important thing for you to understand with this particular species. Do you have any other kind of key tidbits that you think are important for guinea pig owners to understand? Yeah. So along with that, I think that there is the assumption um, that any vitamin C that they need can be found in their food and in their pellets. And that's not actually accurate because it degrades really quickly. And so if you kind of think about them a little bit more like us, it's really important for us to be getting fresh fruits and vegetables. That's what it's like for them. And, and the reality is guinea pigs have their own little personalities. And if they don't <laughs> want to eat um, their vegetables, then they might not eat them. And that's okay. It's just being realistic and being aware and understanding that you might have to supplement it. But then also just being totally honest with yourself. If you're going to put it in the water, you have to make sure that you really change that water ideally every day. Mm -hmm. There's all these different little treats out there that you can get or different types of supplements. And really the very best thing you can do when you adopt a guinea pig is to make an appointment right away with a veterinarian who sees guinea pigs, because they will walk you through all of this and be able to help you determine how much vitamin C your guinea pig needs and help you determine all of that and the best way for them to get it. That's excellent. Yeah, not all veterinarians will see guinea pigs. You know, we've have to learn about them in vet school, but I certainly would need to maybe give you a call if I were to see a guinea pig and, and kind of pick your brain. There are definitely people that have a little bit more knowledge and expertise and having a relationship with them is going to go a long way towards the health of that guinea pig throughout the course of its life. Exactly. Another really like big thing that I do see is foot issues. So if you are ideally like, you know, playing with your guinea pig a lot um, and checking their feet at least once a week, it's so much easier to pick up on any of these issues that can happen. And foot problems are one of the top ones I see. Absolutely. I think that's a great tidbit for you to give. I commonly tell my pet owners, especially dogs that have uh, lots of allergies, to get the animal comfortable with you touching their feet, looking in between their toes, yes. checking things out there. So that should be something that the guinea pig is kind of used to so that you can catch things before they become really big problems. Exactly. Exactly. So for those people who might be considering getting a guinea pig as a pet, what should they expect as far as lifespan, what type of pet it is, and what kind of equipment that they need? Those are all excellent questions. So the, they say the average is four to five years. I certainly have had guinea pigs that have uh, lived much, much longer. There's a lot of different opinions out there about cages. I personally um, advise people to stay away from wire cages just because it can hurt their feet. So I prefer just some sort mm -hmm. of flat, like plastic cage. And then 
how big it is is going to depend on the number of guinea pigs you have. Um, they're very, very social animals. So in this case, it is a good idea to actually have more than one. They need some sort of um, soft bedding. You can do like paper, like even newspaper, shredded paper, things like that. There's some really nice like disposable cotton litter that works well, or you could do fleece. I'm not the biggest fan of the wooden um, shavings that they have just because there can be allergies. And you also just have to keep in mind that guinea pigs have the potential to eat stuff. So you can have like really nice fleece uh, liners, but if you see your guinea pigs eating them, you should not have those in there. You should take them away. How often would you recommend that that fleece be changed? And can it just yeah. be washed or would you recommend just replacing it with new fleece each time? Yeah. So ideally, you should be checking their cage every day because if things are feeling really wet, you're going to want to have to change it. Some people have flannel that they have for the newborns to protect the mattresses. Those you can get away with not changing as often, but you cannot go for more than a week. But if it's just regular fleece, you might be looking at changing it every day. So it just depends on how thick the fleece is. You're going to have to look at it just to make sure nothing's really wet, but otherwise no more than a week to totally clean everything out just because they can develop different sores. And it's just also just not nice for them. It would be like if we were living in an outhouse basically, because it, it just accumulates around them. So that would be a great question to ask the veterinarian when you bring the cage in Uh and help them evaluate things. Just a good husbandry sort of question to ask. Absolutely. The more information you give, the better your answers are going to be. And I can say I recently just had this fleece question and we had the exact same conversation. And I, you know, I said to her, well, how thick is the fleece? Because she told me she's able to get away with not changing it daily, that she can go for, you know, quite a few days without it. But then it turns out she has like waterproof material that's underneath the fleece that wicks it down. I actually always like it when owners will send me emails with pictures or if they actually bring in some of the bedding, um, that honestly is the best because then I can actually see how they have it set up. Perfect. I just have a kind of a question as far as transportation because I know we bring dogs and cats into the clinic without their normal habitat. Would you recommend bringing the entire guinea pig habitat into the veterinarian? You know, that's interesting that you ask that. Usually what most people do is they'll bring in like a small carrier, which is fine. And I don't want to speak for all veterinarians out there, so I'll just speak for myself. I actually really like it when they bring in one of their bigger cages because some of them have quite a few guinea pigs, so they'll have a whole elaborate setup. But it's nice for them to have something that is closer to what they would have at home so that they feel a little more comfortable when they're recovering. I know you said they like to be social with each other. What about Mm -hmm. socializing with people? They do, but it's going to be just like any of our pets. The more you handle them, the more social they're going to be with you. My only concern about any pet that's in a cage is it can be kind of easy to not interact as much, but the more you interact with them, the better it's going to be for them. What about their nails? What kind of care do their nails require? Yes. Thank you for asking. Okay. So their nails grow super fast. So they do need their nails to be cut regularly. One really nice thing about setting up an appointment right away with a vet is you can ask them how to cut their nails. And I think it is so much better if you are able to do it yourself. And you could start out with just a really low goal, like, you know, maybe just one toenail for that day. Um, I, mm-hmm. think, I think it um, I think it can work out really 
well. And again, it allows you to make sure that they're not getting any sort of sores on their feet because they are just super prone and hopefully will prevent it from turning into something a lot worse. Perfect. So we talked a little bit about what their environment requires Mm. as far as their cage. What about dietary requirements? I know you touched on vitamin C. What kind of nutrition um, should we be thinking about for these guys? And this goes along actually with being in their cage. They need all the hay that they can get. So just lots and lots of hay all the time. (laughs) So just they have to have access to hay. (laughs) Um, And it is because their teeth are different than ours. So their teeth just keep on growing. And without that hay, their teeth don't get filed down. Their digestive systems are also different than ours. And so they're very dependent on that hay to be able to make everything work appropriately. Sometimes people think that their guinea pigs aren't eating enough hay or that they don't really need the hay because they don't see the guinea pigs eating the hay. I feel like if the cage is set up well with plenty of hay, that maybe you might not notice that there's a little bit being gone because they just have so much access to it. You want to keep on offering it. I think one of the biggest misconceptions is, again, going back to that pelleted diet, that they need to eat more of the pellets than they do of the hay. And that is not true. They just need a very small amount of pellets, but they need lots and lots of hay and vitamin C. Okay. Yeah. Those pellets look like so much fun though. Yeah, I know they do. But that is another thing. So it is kind of like cereals. So you do not want a pellet that looks like it's super fun. (laughs) It's really colorful (laughs) and looks like it's really fun. It is just like for us when we go to the grocery store and we see some cereal bowl like Fruit Loops or Captain Crunch or something like that. Bran Flakes is never going to look exciting. But Bran Flakes has, you know, some good vitamins in it. Not that Fruit Loops and Captain Crunch don't, but Fruit Loops and Captain Crunch also have like a lot of sugar and stuff like that. So it's kind of like that with their pellets. Right. So other guinea pigs need to be eating their Bran Flakes with the hay. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) And they can have a little bit of fruit, but just a little bit. It has a lot of sugar in it. Again, this is something that when you meet with your veterinarian, they'll go through all of this with you and they'll be able to advise you. I like pet food to be easy for owners to get. So I oftentimes, even though there might be one type of food that I like better than the other, if it's not easy for the owners to get, I like to be realistic. So I will try to help them find something that is easy for them to get in our area. That's great. And if you have a veterinarian who's familiar with guinea pigs, they oftentimes will know where that stuff is available for pet owners. So that's another great reason to establish a relationship with someone who is knowledgeable about the particular species that you have. What do you think are some of the most common misconceptions that you hear from people regarding guinea pigs? And do you have any kind of guinea pig myths that you'd like to dispel? Yeah, the biggest one really is about the vitamin C. I hear that one over and over again. And going back to the original story about the client who came in with their two guinea pigs with the hair falling out, vitamin C, if there is a deficiency, it's not just hair, it can cause a number of different problems. And it's not anyone's fault. It's just not something that, you know, anyone would know for any reason. And it's written on bags of pellets saying that they're supplemented with vitamin C. 
But the problem is it's not stable. And so you just really can't count on that, you know, getting the list from um, your veterinarian and just being realistic about it. Like you can offer, you know, all the peppers in the world to your guinea pig, but if they're not going to eat them, they're not going to get the vitamin C they need from that. So just, you know, being realistic about whether or not they're really getting that vitamin C and if you need to supplement and what that amount needs to be. I think that's an excellent point that you brought up that the pellets will say that it's supplemented with vitamin C, but that vitamin C, it really needs to be from fresh food. Vitamin C just breaks down so quickly um, that unless it's from fresh food, there's really nothing there. Do you ever worry about pet owners over supplementing with vitamin C? Not so much because usually it's that they don't know that they need the vitamin C. (laughs) So that tends to Mm -hmm. be what happens more commonly. And if they're sick, I honestly recommend more. So it's kind of a range of how much I'll recommend that they get per day. And vitamin C is one of those water-soluble vitamins too. So hopefully anything that they eat in excess will be excreted without having any issues. Yes, exactly. They'll just pee it right out. So yes. What about their bowel movements? You know, we talked a little bit about keeping their cage clean and stuff. Tell us about guinea pig poops. Yes. Okay. So this is a fun fact. Um, I have two sons and they really like this fact when we learn this. Um, So (laughs) they have special nighttime poops and they eat these special nighttime poops. So you can have owned guinea pigs for a long time and not known this. And that actually means that your guinea pigs have probably been very healthy. So there's important nutrients that are in them. So sometimes we'll get calls saying that their guinea pig has diarrhea and they usually do not have diarrhea. It's usually that they're not eating these special nighttime poops. The poops look different. So one of the things I like to do with new guinea pig owners is talk a little bit about this and show them a picture of what it looks like. But it doesn't really matter that they're not having diarrhea. If you see this, they should be seen because if they're not eating their nighttime poop, that is a sign that something might be wrong. It could be that they're not feeling well or they've hurt themselves for some reason, they're not doing something that they should be doing. So they still should be seen. That's an excellent tip. So we talked a little bit about how guinea pigs make good classroom pets. Yes. What about for those older kids who have grown up and now they're going off to college? Do you have any recommendations for them when taking their pets with them? I have seen actually quite a few college students who have guinea pig pets for emotional support animals. Their schools require them to have a veterinarian sign off saying that they're healthy. And a lot of these college students will um, go adopt a guinea pig from a rescue, which I think is awesome. However, again, can be hard to find a vet who sees guinea pigs, so you need to allow time for that. A lot of times the forms will say something asking the vet to certify that there's no diseases or parasites or anything that other students can get. There are just a few different um, illnesses out there that they can get. If they're treated, everything is fine. And you know we don't have to worry about any of the college students getting them. But you just need to allow enough time for that appointment to happen and for um, there to be treatment and then for the vet to sign those papers. 
Great. So they should make sure that they are adequately prepared for all steps of the college process. Exactly. And I, you know, I have um, a child who is going into his senior year of high school. And so I know that it can be a little bit overwhelming. There's so much to do with the whole college Mm -hmm. process and stuff like that. But one of the things I've talked about with him, make sure your appointment for your guinea pig is a month before, right? If you're a month before, it should be fine then you have plenty of time. And that way too, when you're discussing the setup and everything with your veterinarian, you have plenty of time to go out and get whatever it is you need. And you can even ask your vet at that time too, hey, um, you know, I'm going off to, um, you know, like, I don't know, the University of Florida. Do you happen to know uh, anyone who is a vet down there? So there's just lots of time to get everything set up well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great reminder that we have a huge network of veterinarians. We've made a network as we've gone through vet school and our careers. So we know people all over the country, sometimes all over the world. So if people need recommendations when they're traveling and there's a specific subset of veterinarians that you're looking for, it's a good idea to ask the person that you have a relationship with because they can help point you in the right direction. Just a reminder for our pet owners um, who maybe have a guinea pig or who are interested in getting a guinea pig. What are some of the big things that you really want them to remember? Okay, so I thought a lot about this. And I think if I had just one thing that I could get people to take away from this, guinea pigs do not often show that they're sick until they're really sick. So if you think that they're sick, right, you're like, hmm, it looks like maybe she's not eating as much or I'm noticing that she's got a little discharge coming out of her eyes. You need to call the vet right away and not wait. And if you're the friend who's listening and someone's telling you like offhand, like, ah, my kidney is not really eating um, or it seems like their eating is a little off, tell them to be seen right away because it is very, very important. They are prey animals. So with any prey animals, they don't like to show that they're sick unless they're really sick. Yeah, prey animals definitely will hide their illness as a way to protect themselves from any sort of predator. So oftentimes it is really, really subtle that they're not feeling well. So absolutely, I think that's a great takeaway point is call your veterinarian as soon as you're worried that there might be something going on. And it should be that veterinarian that is knowledgeable about guinea pigs, right? Yes, yes, exactly. The other point too is my uh, guinea pig appointments actually take me longer. And it's because I spent a lot of time going over with owners, the whole husbandry and what they should be looking for, like showing them different parts of, um, I call it their guinea pig suit, but their guinea pig body um, (laughs) to keep an eye on. I think sometimes people think, well, these are just like little pocket pets or classroom pets. Like they really don't need to go see a vet, but they do. And it's not going to be a waste of your time or your money to go in and see the vet for this. Just like with your cat and dog, They're going to go through everything with you. And if there's something that they don't know, then just like with your cat and dog, they're going to refer you to a specialist. It's the exact same thing. That's excellent. Yeah, I think having a a great conversation and open dialogue between the pet owner and the veterinarian will go a long way towards any pet's health, whether that's guinea pigs, cats, dogs, but certainly for those exotic species that need a little bit more communication. I think that's wonderful. And hopefully this is a good tool for people who have maybe gone in to see their veterinarian about a guinea pig and um, they can listen back to the show and get some more information there. Where else would you recommend people go 
to if they would like some more information about guinea pigs? Yeah. So I put a couple links. Lefebvre actually has some really good um, basic information for guinea pigs. I actually really like their information for all their exotics is very good. VCA actually has really good information on guinea pigs. There also is a third one. It's called Chicago Exotic Vets. <laughs> I've actually never been there. I'm originally from Chicago, but um, their handouts are phenomenal. <laughs> so Great. Well, I'll have links to those in the show notes so people can check out some good resources if they want some more information about how to care for their guinea pigs. And I know there are plenty of family veterinarians who are comfortable managing guinea pigs. If yes. Just reach out to them and, and ask them. But I'll also have a link to the American Board of Veterinary Practitioners on the website if pet owners would like to consult with a specialist who um, is super knowledgeable about guinea pigs. And if you have a guinea pig and you want to show us pictures or share your stories with other pet owners, I would encourage you to join the Facebook group. Tell us about your experience with your guinea pig. We love seeing pictures of everyone's pets there. Dr. Alperson, I like to end each episode of the podcast with a segment called Scratching the Itch. And this is a segment that is designed to highlight something, either a product, a website, a human interest story that just provides relief or makes you feel good, hence Scratching the Itch. I was wondering, do you have a Scratching the Itch for our listeners today? I do. So I am actually a swimmer. So I am on a master's swim team that is right out of Worcester. And like a lot of the swim teams out there for adults who want to swim competitively, we participate in this program called Swim Saves Lives. And it is a free program that is offered to teach adults how to swim. And again, it is completely free. And the goal is to have adults who, for whatever reason, would like some help with their swimming. And it's okay if you've never been in the water. It's okay if maybe you um, know how to swim, but you just don't feel very secure with it. It is completely fine. A number of my Mm -hmm. teammates are medical doctors and feel very strongly about um, making sure that adults know how to swim because when parents in particular know how to swim, their children are more likely to learn how to swim. So it's like a two for one. Um, So we're helping the adults and we are also helping children as well. If you just do like a Google search for the program, Swim Saves Lives, you can find a free program in your area. And it is just really rewarding. You do not have to worry about what you look like in a swimsuit. You have to be an adult to do it. So (laughs) everyone is older who's there. No one cares what you look like. You get provided with a cap and goggles. You can wear whatever you want. Like, you know, there's no judgment and it is really just amazing. I was so proud of my swimmers. It was just wonderful. There was a man in his 40s who had never been in the pool before and by the end, he was able to swim uh, 25 yards. So it's just a really great great program. That's excellent. What a wonderful way for you guys to give back as a swim team and a a great way to save lives. I think that's fantastic. So I'll have a link to the Swim Saves Lives on the show notes for people if they want to check that out. Maybe they know someone who could use a little extra help swimming or they themselves want to get a little bit better. I think that's wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I also have this great picture of you with your swim team out on oh, yes. a, a cold hike here in Massachusetts. <laughs> I love this. It's, yeah. and, and it's great. I mean, I, I did swim team when I was younger, but I think it's great that you guys continue that as adults. And it looks like a really wonderful, close-knit group of people there. I'm sure you guys have a lot of fun together. 
We do. It's a really nice group. Even though we say that we compete, like we're super laid back and there's people who are of all different abilities who are on our team. And um, actually, we haven't really competed in anything in a couple of years. So um, it's just with the way everything's worked with COVID. But we get together all the time and it's really fun. Just a good excuse to go to the pool and hang out. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Today we did an open water swim, but it's just a really good group of people. That's great. Well, Dr. Alperson, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge about guinea pigs. I hope no this has problem. really provided people with some information and some really good resources and tips for keeping their guinea pig nice and healthy throughout the course of its life. Well, thank you so much for having me. And to everyone listening, I look forward to your next visit with your vet wants you to know. 